Like an August afternoon, the calm before the chaos comes. A rumble in the distance, well before the clouds appear. It's what everybody's talking about. Can't wait to see them storming out and thundering across the fields. It's almost electric. You can feel it in the air down here. Let's play some football, boys. Let's play some football, boys. There's a pounding in our chest and a bad blood a pumping through our veins. Old wounds are feeling fresh, aching just enough to make us mean. Grudge we volunteer to hold is icy hot and fiery cold, and we'll carry it as long as we can breathe. It hurts us and it heals us. It's a friend and it's the enemy. Let's play some football, boys. Let's play some football, boys. This ain't a practice anymore. Let's get to settling the score and play some football, boys. Let's play some football, boy. 
season has finally arrived greetings good morning welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks the show live from our mobile Sinorama studios and built by the Barn Dominium co- uh, company the Barn Dominium Co.com of course it is game weekend it's time to serve your chill- tailgate with chicken cock whiskey Make sure you download the Chief Sports app, and you can find a location near you just by clicking that button in there, and it'll show you where to pick some up. If you're coming to the tailgate tomorrow with all of us in Charlotte, we will have some available there as well. But, guys, it's arrived. JB, JC, and Phil, we're here until 1 o'clock. Michael Flint will join us in the noon hour. So will Patrick Davis. He'll help us pick our football games at the end of the program. Coming up here in just a little while, we did get a nice taste last night of college football leading into the weekend not really good football games we'll get into some of that here in just a little bit but the one that we're concerned about is 21st ranked north carolina and at the time unranked south carolina tomorrow night at bank of america jc's already in charlotte phil will be there in just a little while and guys i can't wait to see you here in just a few hours first and foremost um but uh, it feels like this summer has lasted for a decade that's over (laughs) Uh, it's now september and it's time to play football that's right. We're done. We made it. We made it. <laughs> yeah. It's been the longest damn week. I mean, have y'all not thought that? It seems like the summer kind of flew by, kind of drug on, and then this week was just like, my goodness. <laughs> I felt that way. I'm not, I'm not, I don't sound like a robot now, do I? No, no you sound great. Look at great, that. thank God. I got I got some new equipment. So, uh, I, uh, so look, it, you know, like last summer it drug along for me quite a bit. I don't know what I don't know whether it's because I've been driving back and forth between Chicago and Columbia, and then turning around and getting on a plane, and uh, it hasn't drug until I landed Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, gosh, I got stuff to do, got to do this tomorrow, and, and then I got I, I had a great uh, NIL speech at the Charlotte Sports Plus Plus Business uh, Council's uh, monthly mixer, right? So uh, they had a mixer, and yeah. a meet and greet. Uh, Bespoke uh, Sports Marketing actually sponsored that for us. Great time. Shout out to Mike Boykin uh, for setting that up. Uh, really nice conversation. Associate Athletic Director from North Carolina was on the panel. Had some interesting things to say about their NIL situation, plus um, some grumblings about uh, conference expansion and things like that. But uh, uh, it, was, it was a good time, so I did that. And then today we got the big show here. And then tomorrow, game day and all that. And I've got to go get a generator this afternoon. I never thought I'd utter those words. But got to get a generator for the tailgate. And um, and away we go. But August went fast for me for a change. It normally doesn't. Uh, but these last three days have drug by. So thank God it's here. Enjoyed watching uh, the two games I did last night. Laughing at the offense. Um, yeah, it's for, pretty for bad. Two particular schools. Uh, but... Uh, uh, I'm glad it's here. Looking forward to watching, uh, hopefully, with you guys, a little Louisville, Georgia Tech action tonight from the, the Dome and uh, getting up tomorrow and rocking and rolling all day. So, yeah. fired up about it. Yeah, certainly looking forward to seeing uh, so many people who will be there tomorrow to 
Uh, get ready for the big game tomorrow night at uh, at Bank of America Stadium. I'm actually in Columbia. When Flint joins me here in just a little bit, uh, he'll recognize the backdrop pretty well because this is his condo. Um, so uh, appreciate the Flint family, the first family of Gamecock football for providing a a uh, Sinorama mobile studio today. Right outside of williams Bryce Stadium, there is lots of stuff going on around here right now, lots of pressure washing and people just getting things dressed up and ready to go because a week from tomorrow, Furman will walk in and South Carolina will welcome them hopefully at 1-0, and Phil. But uh, it's tomorrow night. It's a 7:44 kick at Bank of America Stadium. It seats 74,867. And what I was told last night is this game is now sold out. I'm not sure if they've officially announced that just yet, uh, but it is a sellout. Uh, the line still sits at two and a half in favor of the Tar Heels. The over-under in the game is at 64 and a half if you are betting. Sean McDonough, Greg McElroy, and Molly McGrath will call it on ABC tomorrow night. It will also be available on CBS College Football Saturday night's national radio. Chris Hassel and Mike Golick Jr., who, by the way, I like him on the air. Uh, they'll have the call. Todd, Tommy, and Chad Tucker is new to the sidelines this year for the Gamecock Sports Network statewide. And then Satellite Radio's got it on Channel 84 for Sirius. Uh, Carolina, by the way, guys, 86-39-4 all-time in season openers. That's almost a 700-winning percentage uh, in almost 130 years of college football. Not too bad. They are 20-3 and in the 21st century and hopefully to be, hoping to be 21-3 and tomorrow night. Of course, they opened the 2011, the 2015, the 2017, and the 2019 seasons in Charlotte. Regardless of what internet chatter will tell you, their record in those four games is 3-1. and one. Uh, They have won 75% of the time and hoping to make it 80 with a win uh, tomorrow night, the fifth open in Charlotte in the past 13 years. Mac Brown, by the way, 2-4 and four against the Gamecocks in his career. Shane Beamer? I think we all know he is a mayonnaise doused 1-0 against the Tar Heels. Series history, North Carolina leads at 35-20-4, but the important number really is the last 10 games. Carolina is 7-3 in those last 10. They'll be 8-2 if they can get a win tomorrow night. And so, guys, you know, there's a lot that we'll get into today. We'll certainly make picks in the game. We'll talk about matchups and all this, that, and the other. I was looking over the numbers yesterday comparing the 2022 Tar Heels and the 2022 Gamecocks. And the numbers are what they are, right? There's reasons why they are there. It would take us all day to go through North Carolina's reasons for having the offensive and defensive stats that they had. Same thing with South Carolina. But there were a couple of things that stood out. As in points per game allowed and scored, the Gamecocks only scored two points less per game than North Carolina did last year. Tar Heels played 14 games. Carolina played 13. Just two. Just two. And uh, the opponents, North Carolina gave up 30.8 and South Carolina 28.8. Really very similar stuff, and I think that's part of the reason why there's a lot of unknowns settling in uh, for tomorrow night's matchup. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Mean, you know, uh, you and know. That in week one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's the first game of the year. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and nobody's seen it's always anything an really. Unknown, right? yeah. It's always an unknown. It's uh... – yeah, look, I don't want to say these two teams are, are similar based on last year because they really weren't. I mean, you had one that, like, got off to a what I call a, a – they had many, many great escapes, right, at the beginning. Could have lost to App State. I, I thought they looked sloppy. I mean, they played – I followed North Carolina last year quite a bit because 
I kind of expected him to have a breakout year um, or to be a catastrophe at the beginning because they, they scheduled weird and they scheduled weird this year too. Um, so they played, they played FAMU in week zero. And then next two games were at App State and at Georgia State. Right. So App State was one of the best. That was one of the best, if you like high scoring games, that was one of the best uh, college football games you could ask for. North Carolina got up big. App State came back, looked like they were going to win. Then North Carolina came back and ended up winning 63 61 when App State missed a two point conversion to tie, I think in overtime. Yeah. Then they go to Atlanta and Sean Elliott's team played them off their feet to a 35 28 type of deal. Um, And so they're rolling right along, and all of a sudden, after Georgia Tech, a bad, bad Georgia Tech team uh, fires their coach. They go to Chapel Hill and pull the upset. They lost again to NC State. They got dismantled by Clemson. They were getting dismantled by Oregon in the first half of the Holiday Bowl and then came back and made it interesting at the end or whatever. South Carolina was an inconsistent outfit. It was almost like different teams. You know, not a great start. Uh, then all of a sudden, the get-right games got them right. Then all of a sudden, uh, you move on and uh, you've got really two special wins over Kentucky and A&M. You've won five in a row, four in a row. Uh, and then disaster sets in against Missouri. Well, then you go to Vanderbilt, and then disaster sets in against Florida. Things were not looking good at that time. There's no division title left that. So, really, it was like a, a two-game sort of microcosm where South Carolina kind of figured it out and started trending up. And even though they did lose uh, to Notre Dame in the bowl with, you know, a lot of their really good players missing, uh, it was one of the most entertaining, you know, exciting bowl games uh, of the bowl season. So they didn't really lose momentum losing that game. So I I don't don't buy the notion that these two teams are, based on last year, are similar. Maybe they are this year. But uh, last year it was a completely different – uh, narrative in terms of, or complete not narrative, completely different situation in terms of trending. This is a Tar Heel team that hasn't won a game uh, as a program uh, in a while. Well, yeah, it's. I I I was talking to somebody on the way up here today, and 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 look, this is this is um, this is my feeling. Could be a could be a really misguided feeling. Could be a really misguided feeling. We could. South Carolina could tow it up tomorrow night and get run out of the ballpark by the Tar Heels guys. Uh, North Carolina could finish the season with 10 wins. I don't know what's going to happen. But I was talking to somebody on the way to Columbia today, and I, I wanted to I, – I mentioned this to him. He said, I agree. And I thought, you know, this is a question I'll ask Phil and JC when we cut the mics on here in just a little while. Is there – do you have any similar feelings – where Mac Brown is right now in his career to the 2015 season with Coach Spurrier, doesn't it seem like it's it's really a sensitive uh, place for him? If it goes well, maybe he hangs around a little longer. But if 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 things just fall off the rails early in the season, the end is a lot nearer than maybe some of us had initially thought. What do you think about that? No, I like that. I think there's this, you know, kind of underlying thing with Mac right now, just with his age, that you you can't you can't not recognize what you just said there, JB, because it's like it's 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 kind of unspoken. It's just like, you know, 
tacit <laughs> theme that is has to exist up there right now because you can't go out there and say, "All right, I got I got a few more years in me," because then recruits are going to be like, "Well, <laughs> we've done know, that." Yeah, right. Yeah, we've <laughs> seen that. Uh, but I, I think you know, it, and 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 similarly, it's happening in Alabama too, but on a completely different scale, obviously, because <laughs> the trajectories oh. of those two programs are you know so divergent. Well, I, but yeah, I, I think that you know. It, I don't, I don't know a, if Mac Brown in the middle of a season after taking some serious lumps early would just run, but you never know. Well, I, 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 I'm not saying that he out. would like quit in the middle of the year, but, J.C., I'll even throw more at you. Go back to 2014. Carolina, Carolina finishes 7-6 and six at the end of the year. We all know we've discussed this around here. They blow three two-touchdown leads in the fourth quarter, or they would have won ten games that year, right? But what did they have coming into the season? Remember, remember what they had? They had a quarterback. Dylan Thompson, everybody was fired up to see him, and they end up having statistically the best offense in the history of the program, but they only won seven games. And and so, you know, Mac Brown has a quarterback here. He's got a quarterback. and But what else do they have? I just don't know. It just feels like it's a very, very fine line of, of which way his career could go, and some of that might be decided tomorrow night by South Carolina. He's one win away from 100 wins at North Carolina over That's a right. span of, of – Two, you know, like two periods at UNC, uh, and unfortunately, you know, uh, Steve Spurrier would have become. And you mentioned that situation would have would have probably won a hundred at South Carolina had he coached you know three more years or so, and then he'd have been the, yeah. the only one. But Mac's going to probably become that this year unless the Tar Heels go over. But, <laughs> but here's the sign sometimes of these guys, and it wasn't with Spurrier, which I think him looking back on it. Uh, and he's mentioned this was was his mistake. I, I think he kind of didn't want to fire anybody because he kind of knew. Well, I'm not gonna be there much longer anyway. I don't want to just punt these guys out. And you know, these guys were on staff and we were winning. And what he didn't realize was he was downgrading his coaching staff tremendously year after every after all those good Shane Beamer, Jay Graham, all those guys left. He didn't replace them with guys that were. SEC level, really, recruiting-wise, coaching-wise, I mean, all that. And so usually when a coach starts to make a bunch of changes like Mac has, like Mac got rid of Dre Bly. Do you know how much a big yeah. of a deal that is? Dre right. freaking Bly, uh, who was their best recruiter uh, getting getting guys. He just could not coach secondary at all. Right. Uh, he got rid of him. He brought in Chiswick two years ago, a couple years ago. Um, he uh, – you know, he changed his offensive coordinator. Uh, didn't fire Longo. Longo left. Now he's going in a different direction. Uh, and, and sometimes that will buy an older coach some time. You know, that, that'll get him some time. And, and uh, that, you know, I think uh, Joe Paterno was failing or whatever. Uh, and then he got a new staff in there. And all of a sudden he's coached eight, ten more years. And they, they started winning. And Penn State came back. They started winning again. Uh, Lou Holtz did it, and it lasted one year right? at South Carolina. Frank Beamer made some changes uh, on his offensive staff, and he got two years because he, he didn't make a very good hire in Scott Loeffler. Um, you know, so, so you can kind of tell with Mac. I think a lot depends on, you know, can Gene Chiswick find his Matt Mojo again as a D.C.? Uh, can Chip Lindsey have a – you know, I, I don't know that Chip Lindsey as a primary play caller has ever really had a great season. Can he have? Is the, has he found his Shangri-La here? 
in Chapel Hill. And that's a big piece uh, and, here, JC. And, and, Lindsay, Lindsay, and Drake May. I, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I mean, so so I, when I look at that program, yeah, yeah, I think Matt could do anything from hang it up after this season because he's got his hundred, he's got his record right to coach five more years because he enjoys it and his wife Sally, her name's Sally, I think that's cute. Uh, so you just don't, you don't meet many people named Sally anymore. That's I one of my best friends Sally. Named Sally. I know and she's a twin. Gen, Gen Xers really? are the last ones <laughs> to embrace Sally. Yep. But uh, this is my darling Sally. I'm Mac Brown, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. That's how he talks. But anyway, I'd like to congratulate Coach Beamer for winning the. <laughs> anyway, uh, so and I like Mac. I, I, I've always thought, you know, he, he's a. You don't win. Not everybody gets to win a national championship, and. I think we're seeing now that the problems at Texas were much, much, much deeper than just him. Maybe he caused them, but uh, I, I don't. I don't think that. And I think that uh, you know, I'd like to see him be successful his last time around at North Carolina. But you know, name a second chance that's worked out ever in college football. We thought Bobby, hey Bobby Petrino, you could argue at Louisville because second stint, he coached a Heisman Trophy winner, right? Yeah. But then the bottom fell out, two and ten. Lorenzo Ward was coaching that team by the end of the year. Speaking of assistant coaches in the Spurs, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. You can tell. Uh, Mimi says, "Look in a mirror, much laugh out loud." That hair, uh, yeah, I can see myself right now. I love it. It's kind of more <laughs> great. It's kind of my trade. It's called it's a camera. It makes it even better uh, than the mirror. But uh, Mimi. Happy opening weekend of college football. One night down, four in a row, and you just keep right on drinking there, my man. Or whoever, whoever it is. <laughs> right. Before we uh, hit a ride in front of me, I might be down. I might be drinking now, but I got to drive. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I've got a bottle. I've got a nice bottle of chicken cock waiting on me right now in the yeah. truck. Uh, but I will not open that until I uh, pull into the hotel here in just a Some little while. State. Some state uh, trooper's going to pull you over. Give me the booze, you little pumpkin pie haircut. You little pumpkin pie hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, before we step aside here for our first break of the morning, uh, a couple of quick nuggets to pass along. Uh, we are aware of the major news out of the ACC today. We'll uh, dabble <laughs> in that a little bit when we get back. Uh, Phil is already on the warpath to copyright his all-coast conference <laughs> idea, so – uh, that will get done here shortly. We'll get into that. We'll get into some of the ball games from last night. Um, but we'll leave you with this. Uh, a couple of uh, things pertaining to South Carolina and North Carolina tomorrow night. With a win, the Gamecocks would achieve their fifth win in their last six meetings against the Tar Heels. And I mentioned previously that it would be their eighth in their last ten contests against North Carolina. It would also improve Carolina to 41-13 and 13 in their last 54 games against teams outside of the SEC. And you ready for this one? It would also be the Gamecocks' 14th win. I said 14th win in the last 16 games over teams from the Tar Heel State. 5-0 and against East Carolina, 4-1 and against North Carolina, 3-0 and against NC State. 1-0 against Charlotte. 
There's a loss in there against App State, of course, as we all know. But if South Carolina were to just play a schedule of North Carolina teams every year, they would be in the college football playoff. So yeah, that, that was one of the saddest yeah. things about 2019 and the Muschamp era. Is you, you know you, you had that streak going. I mean, from 1999, the months wasn't the monsoon game. It was the East Carolina game in 99. They came in and beat the Gamecocks. That's also the last time I've ever eaten Church's chicken in my life. Ooh. But that's another story. Yeah. Uh, that from that loss, okay, so all the way through this millennium, South Carolina had not lost to a team from North Carolina at all. Right. No, but none of them. Before UNC pulled that win out of their hat uh, in 2019, and then Eli Drinkwitz, the Gamecock killer, came to town in his one year at App State and won a defensive struggle. What the? Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. A defensive struggle, guys. 20 to 15. And Eli Drinkwitz is unfortunately still a problem for South Carolina football. They're looking to find an answer to that one here. I, and I thought I thought they looked pretty good last night on defense, personnel wise. I, I was yeah, they did. Impressed. Yeah, that that defense they have up there is probably going to be what carries them uh, if they hope to get over six wins, which they haven't been able to do under Drinkwitz. It is time to step aside. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Also, though they own the other business that's in the same building which is charleston fitness equipment i got my 15 minute hydro workout in this morning before i left to drive up to columbia the hydro rower i'll I'll post a video here soon when my abs are looking a little bit cleaner than they have been for the last 15 years um but uh thanks to michelle wilkins and her team for getting me in shape and i didn't realize how much fun rowing is and uh how you feel mentally after you're done by the way so we're on the rowing kick in my home. My wife and I both, uh, thanks so much to Charleston Fitness Equipment and uh, Michelle Wilkins and, of course, Electric Bites Charleston. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com if you want to get one yourself. It's worth every penny. It is worth every penny. It's the Peloton of rowing, and it literally works 85% of your muscles. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Best workout I've ever done. Carolina's hoping to work out the Tar Heels tomorrow night. More on that, plus a first in school history. It has slipped under the radar. Nobody has paid attention. Nobody has talked about it. We'll be the first ones to say it. And I'll tell you what it is when we return right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Inventive Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. 
in-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Sandstorm is coming to the Queen City by way of Mad Dog Molinax. He'll be leaving dust in his rearview mirror as he approaches the uh, ball game <laughs> tonight. Uh, can't wait to see you, Mad Dog, and the rest of you uh, tomorrow. Welcome back inside the Gamecock Show. I, I got to say something here. It, I don't think... It doesn't, JC. You've been in media a long time, and I'm not. I'm not getting off on a tangent here. I'm just going to say it. We're moving on. People want to hear what I teased us with, and I'm going to get to it. Phil, you're you're fairly new to it, but you're figuring this out pretty quickly. I know this very well. We can't do anything. Nobody in the media world can, without people marketing themselves through our platform. We have to make sure that is the right thing that needs to be going to our audience. And then our audience has to want their, their products. Okay, it has to be something that, you know, we're not going to try to sell you a bag of crap. That's not the point around here. The point is, we are a middleman for companies and consumers. That's what media is all about. Newsflash, you know, it ain't about the guy that sits in his basement with a podcast and tells everybody how much he knows. He ain't making any money. Okay. It means the world to us that all of you support the people that support us you have no idea how big of a deal that is all of you this week that i, I had a meeting yesterday i was over at chicken cock headquarters or actually grain and barrel spirits um but um headquarters for a bunch of stuff, vertical cane chicken cock dixie vodka who we have a 
a great partnership with as well. They gave me some unbelievable stuff. If I can, I can. Well, that's dangerous. Um, and they were blown away by what's happened. Uh, Michelle and, and those guys, they're blown away by – somebody just mentioned a rower earlier. Like, it means a lot. These are good people. We don't work with people that are bad people. Um, so keep supporting them if it's something that fits what you want, need, do. Because we certainly do. Uh, it, it just, I, I, from the bottom of my heart, you don't understand. I've been doing this a long time. It doesn't always work like this. It doesn't. Mm. There's a lot of trial and error in media for trying to get people connected and, and everybody winning. And we're all winning. So thank you all so much. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's special. You know, the bar, I'm yeah. looking forward to, I think the, there's going to be some folks from the Barndo Co. Located Absolutely. back in the hometown uh, at the tailgate this weekend. Looking forward to connecting with them. I know some of you were inquired. Even going back to before with Jamie uh, did the show, you know, uh, Cindy Searfoss, you know, Caldwell Banker Kane, upstate realtor. A couple of you bought houses from her. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, Big deal. You know, Nana's Porch. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, great. And by the way, they're catering the tailgate tomorrow. I mean, you know, just uh, – and th that makes me feel good, too, because I – I feel like, you know, with our interaction in the chat box and then our, our numbers, I mean, obviously the chat box is a small, small sliver of people that listen. But I feel like we got kind of a nice I don't know, family feel to it where we all kind of just kind of throw each other a bone and help each other out. And obviously, uh, you know, uh, talking to Jamie, I've, I've been overwhelmed as well by the the chicken cock response. It's not to say that, that I'm surprised because I think a lot of you like that product to begin with. Yeah, it was but, good. Uh, now, now that we've <laughs> amplified it and, and activated it, you know, uh, in this market, I think um, it's going to rock and roll uh, even further. So yeah, uh, hats off. And, uh, you know, really Jamie does so much of that too behind the scenes for us. I'd like to thank him as well. I think he, yeah. uh, well, he didn't get enough, Jamie didn't get enough credit for, Taking, you know, helping, helping me feel be a little more professionally. This outfit be a little more professionalized, right? <laughs> that's right. You can rain the a bit. That's all right. We appreciate yeah, I don't mind being in my office. We still break loose. I don't mind being in my office still one in the morning building production. It's it's all part of the, you know, while everybody else in the world is sleeping. It's fine. No, it's fine. Hey, let me, let me. Sometimes I've dozed off in front of, uh, yeah, <laughs> some illustrator artwork too. So it was like, yeah, that's, I know that's feeling <laughs> Well, you, no, know, you you put in the real word, man. That we appreciate it. And to well, all y'all who are like, no, the support for our partners, uh, no, it's, it's incredible. Big man, deal. We just, we're blown away by it. Y'all don't you. realize it. It's a big deal. Uh, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. Let me answer Charles' question here. I need to find out if Chicken Cock Whiskey is available here in Gwinnett County. Well, Charles, have you downloaded the Chief Sports app? Because if you have, you can click that little rooster right there, and there will be a button in there that says find chicken cock near me you type in your address you'll find it see match made in heaven and uh we can we can do anything for you make sure you get the app. a lot of you don't realize what all's in that app go in there and explore it. you're gonna have a lot of fun all right for the first time in school history south carolina when they play the game tomorrow night will play believe it or not it's fourth straight ranked opponent that has never happened in the history of Gamecock football. They Tennessee, Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina. That is four in a row. Of course, it bleeds two seasons into one, but it doesn't matter. It's still four straight. And, of course, the Gamecocks did win two of those games and, by God, damn near won the third one. 
and hoping to go three and one in those in that four game stretch. But it really blew my mind when Coach Fink shoved that little little nugget into our game notes, and uh, I was able to put it in here. Never thought about that. It's interesting. So Furman will be a ranked FCS team when they play them, so I don't know if yeah, that counts or not. And then Georgia, so, then so Georgia's yeah. going to be ranked uh, five six. I don't know about Mississippi State. Could be. Tennessee will probably be ranked. So you could we're de- we're that street may keep on going. It depends on how do you interpret the Furman game, you know. They're ranked, but they're FCS. So uh, we need you to get a say ruling like, on that. I need to send yeah. a let me send a note to Steve and see if he, we can get a ruling on that. <laughs> Is it Furman, you know, because they're gonna be Furman's pretty good. Pretty good football. Yeah, team, Furman's so. got a decent return squad. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. They're yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Furman Furman's I like pretty, I like Clay Hendricks a lot, their coach. I, I think I he's too. a he he, he 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 played the game the right way when he played, and he coaches the game the right way as a coach. And I don't know about some other former Furman former players that uh, had their coaching heads handed to them on a platter last night. But uh, uh, I like the way Clay does it. Well, speaking of which, uh, real quick uh, to if I can get this to work, that would be fantastic. What is today? Today's Friday, right? Tonight. Uh, the headline game on the schedule is the Aflac kickoff in Atlanta. That is Louisville and Georgia Tech. Louisville's a seven and a half point favorite in the ball game. Uh, the only other uh, games, if you want to kind of keep an eye on things, um, worth noting: Miami of Ohio's they they play Miami. It's on the ACC network at seven o'clock. If you want to see what the Hurricanes look like, uh, the Big Twelve Network: Kansas hosts Missouri State tonight. Not a lot of interest there. And then Stanford's a three-point favorite against Hawaii, who played a lot better against Vanderbilt last weekend. But last night has been kind of the story of the morning, and um, the I thought the Utah Florida game would be ugly. It was. And I thought the Nebraska-Minnesota game would be ugly. It's heartbreaking fashion in which Nebraska lost. But it was also pretty ugly. Um, guys, there was another ugly game that is getting zero play today because of the SAT factor. With it. Nobody would even care around here about the Nebraska game, but SAT's there. And then, of course, Billy Napier and the Gators. Uh, NC State did not look good against UConn. They did win 24-14, to but it wasn't a good ball game. And uh, prayers are with the young man from the Huskies who got injured last night. But uh, we'll start with Utah and Florida, guys. Florida's got a big problem, and they're not they're they're not very good. And I was talking to Flint this morning, and JC, you've said this around here one a uh, hundred times if you've said it once. Florida's always talented, always. Period. The end. And I've, I've been saying this. They could say whatever they want about Graham. Graham Mertz ain't good, guys. His numbers look good because he, they have a sat-style offense where they just throw a bunch of passes around the line of scrimmage. They very rarely throw it down the field. So they're high-percentage plays. That offense, guys, was introduced to college football, what, a decade ago? People figured it out. It don't work. It's crap, to be quite honest. You have to throw the ball down the field to win. That's number one. Number two, they are not well-coached. And it's very obvious the, the mistakes that were being made were br- – you might make them once. You might make them twice. They're making them three times. They're making them four times. You get the same number on the field twice. What are we doing down here? And I did say I saw – Brad, and I'll shut up now and let you all take it from here. I, I love Brad Crawford. Don't agree with his tweet at all. 
the fact that that buyout's thirty-one million, and he, he, I think he said he finished it was stop it. Oh, they don't care. They have thirty-one million dollars. They will fire him. Okay, if they if they lose if they finish five and seven, but it looks really good. They just you know just need to keep building. That's one thing. You finish five and seven. You got a bunch of good players and crappy coaching. They will fire you. And he's well on his way to that happening down there. It's crazy. It's year two. But, guys, they will do that in the swamp because if they lose seven games, like we pointed out yesterday with Mike Morgan, that means they've lost to teams that weren't better than them, like Kentucky or Vanderbilt or, as they may see it, South Carolina, teams that they don't think they should ever lose to. But you can't lose seven games without losing to some of those squads. So they will fire him. And last night, after watching that, guys, let's just be honest. They look like crap. They're uh, three straight losing seasons of their losing season this year. And I just I, that was the one question I had when he went there, is that his style of play, when you watch Louisiana, I agree. It's, a, it's a much better offense when you have a dual-threat quarterback. But – uh, Matt Hayes eviscerated Billy Napier in, on Saturday down south today and said, we well, have the number four pick in the draft last year, that quarterback, and did nothing with it. This offense sucks. Yeah. And Agreed. frankly, you know, I, I, I think that it, it, it is a little archaic uh, in a lot of ways. It's a lot like the Jim McElwain offense and, and some things like that with a little bit more creativity formationally. Um and Florida, Florida has a lot of good athletes. I think that they are they're still. I thought last last night faster, more athletic team than than Utah. But hundred percent, they are not. But but that's a, there's a difference between that and and being talented at football or being a good football player. They just don't have a lot of difference makers. And then bafflingly enough, and I think it was a scheme thing because. Napier, one thing he will do offensively is he's going to take what the defense gives him. That's his mantra. Uh, and they weren't – Utah was not going to let them – they weren't planning on letting them run the ball last night. And, and that's the strength of their team with those two bags. Uh, I thought defensively a lot of undisciplined play. But, like, Florida as a program, guys, even back in the Spurrier era, they went to Syracuse one time and got beat. It seems when, when they travel out of their, like – you know, element, their, 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 their element, their, 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 <laughs> not just their state, but their I, I environment. Like, like they're like real gators, you know. Because uh, I've Wasn't seen that them the in first the club, JC, since the Syracuse yeah, game. I, Wasn't that their first power five or uh, non-conference game outside of the state of Florida since that <laughs> Syracuse game? It's been forever. Uh, road, road, road game, but they, I mean, they went and played Michigan yeah. and Dallas and yeah, uh, and all that. But you know, my point is, that I've seen that program even. Hell, even the Fiesta Bowl against Nebraska. Now, I know they won one in the Fiesta Bowl under Meyer, but when they get out of their element, and, and, and you know, I've seen them go to Arkansas in November and quit. I've seen them go to Missouri in November and quit. Agreed. If they played Kentucky late in the year, I've seen them get beat. I've seen them lose to Vanderbilt, in Nashville, late. They quit. They they don't they they're not a team like when they're now in the swamp. It's a different story. Uh, at Auburn or LSU, it's a different story. That bunch will get up and, and fight you to the death. But it's kind of weird in the sense that just like a real alligator, you know, the further away from, from where they go, 
uh, the less chances they they have of winning games. And I said yesterday, uh, I said on J.C. Morgan as well, um, and with Bill King that if if he said watch if Utah gets off to a fast start, it's over. They're not going to come back. If Florida goes out there and makes some things happen, then they will. But they they got a lot of work to do down in Gainesville, and you know I think they. You know, who knows what will happen. But uh, as comical as that was, guys, <sighs> nothing was as good as the Nebraska game. Well, <laughs> that I, t- that touchdown, that was the most Marcus Satterfield touchdown ever. <laughs> ever. And right was Jason Brown throwing the ball every and, minute, you know. And, I'm like, and those the husbands, only way they were going to score was going to be some cute crap. Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. Those, <laughs> all right, so, so those the Husker first fans, drive. Phil, those Husker fans, they're in the twilight zone like a lot of people were in the state of South Carolina, and and they saw they see that play, and there's that there's that sliver, right? That that yeah. little, remember those moments where you're going, oh, they, they got some neat stuff in this offense. Well, we can just get it going. We're going to be pretty lethal. Yeah, all right, boys, <laughs> buckle up. Okay. Yeah, that, that you know five percent is not going to cover up for the 95%. Same, same, and same <laughs> routes. The He's going the same routes. This kid can't, the Sims can't throw them. Yeah, same scheme. I mean, the, the, the poor kid. I mean, so, so here we go. So Jeff, and I've watched Jeff Sims because I've watched Georgia Tech. He's a running quarterback. You can't make him into a pro guy. He's a running, roll him out, let him have fun, scramble, do whatever. Uh, remember, remember how he hated Jason Brown? It's because Jason Brown – who has a better arm than Sims? Because Jason Brown, like that was his style. So they take over at their own one. Of course they do. The first play call for Marcus ever. So all right, Sims up the yeah runs for four. All right, call so he's calling quarterback runs. Right, this must have been on the script. He runs for six. Okay, well then of course there's a penalty for false start because the line's confused, and then Sims runs for twenty six. They're out of the hole, right? Mm-hmm. Run up the middle, loss of one. Run up the middle for no gain. Illegal substitution. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then complete on on what third and uh, the third and sixteen. A pass complete for seven yards. All right. <laughs> well, there was there are similarities. We mentioned it earlier, guys. There are similarities. Between Satterfield's offense and Billy Napier's offense, and I, yeah. I, and this, you know, to kind of roll the conversation into Carolina, we're going to get a lot more into this with Michael coming up here at the noon hour. But one of the things that is, it, it doesn't have to be any the three of us. You just have to have a pulse and a brain to know that this is a frustrating part of college football when you have third and long. And the guy who's calling the plays, and I'm not saying it's always his fault. Sometimes it's the quarterback's fault, somebody else's fault, whatever. But it also comes back to coaching. When it's third and long, and you throw it five, six, seven, nine yards short of the sticks, I, I'm not – throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. If you throw it incomplete, guess what? You got the same result as whether you got tackled nine yards prior, right? You're still punting. So throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. It, it just – I don't know. It, it, it's not our problem anymore. It's it's humorous, and we get to have a we get to have fun with it. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Dow Loggins. 
hey, it's third and eight. Maybe we should throw the ball at least eight yards. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really have a problem with the things coming back away from the boundary. Like, okay, Steve Spurrier ran this play where he picked the tight end. And sure. He ran 15 different Waffle House hash browns versions of it souped up in different ways, but like, like Perry was talking. But it's the same play. It's a tight end pick play. Uh, Andy Boyd, the first game he coached here, called it. Yep. Um, and it's one of his favorite plays. And then so, every other quarter, uh, tight end, including – Busta Anderson with 30 catches in his career and 29 of them were touchdowns. Touchdowns, caught it. Yeah, right. And so he goes – and so if you're going away from the boundary and you have open field, okay, so that pass is going to be about eight yards. You run that on third and 16, I'm not blaming you for doing it, especially if it's wide open as it normally was because he's going to cut up field and have room to maneuver. Or if you ran it to a wide out like Amari and Brown or something and did that – but that never happened. Satterfield's entire offense, and, and it, I saw it with Nebraska last night, it seemed to me that they, he wanted the ball to go where there was a lot of people. Yeah. Why would you do that when the, the idea is to get in the open field so you can advance? Well, now why would you do that? There are no people. That was, that's I the mean, difference in what you just said with Spurrier. Spurrier made yeah. his quarterbacks through the ball to a spot. You're going to catch it in the open field and you'd be able to run. That's not yeah. what he does. And that's not what Napier does. They rely on what? Throwing two, three clean blocks with wide outs, tight ends, getting to the second level, whatever it is. If you're not clean, the play doesn't work. It looks great on the on the on the whiteboard, but it do, but it doesn't work. So I mean what but again, guys, it's not our problem. And this kid, this kid Sims too, man, all you I what I would have done with him on third and anything between five and twelve. Run four verts in a, in a post, see if somebody's wide-ass open, and if nobody's wide-ass open, take off around the end and run. So run everybody run. off the line yeah. of scrimmage, and, you you know, like Connor Shaw used to do, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and he hits the sticks, you know. He's got he, – quarterbacks have natural angles sometimes they can get there. Uh, it started off like he wanted to run the quarterback, right? You know, this, is, this was his genius plan of the day. All right, and, and the quarterback did lead him in rushing, but if you're gonna, if you you got to commit to that, man, you can't say, all right, we're gonna run him some of the time, but then we're gonna run the Rams' offense on top of that. How about yeah. that? That's Smart, a- huh? <laughs> Crazy glue sniff offense is what that was last night. So anyway. Pretty. All right, we had to talk about it because it's hilarious. Absolutely. I mean, it was. I was. Just, I was watching both games split screen with the great YouTube TV. For all those that had issues last night, YouTube TV. That is your answer. Um, and uh, I just, it was, it was intriguing and interesting. And I know we got to go to break because of the those involved in the games. We wanted to see how they would perform. Horrible football games. Horrible football games watch all right uh, we do need to step aside we're teed up by travelingcountryclub.com if you play golf did anybody wake up today and if you did did you walk outside did you feel that that's football weather and it's going to be like that tomorrow in the next few days as well does that not make you want to just grab the sticks and go swing it somewhere maybe take a little day trip travelingcountryclub.com will put you in the driver's seat to do that thanks to gamecock great michael manis former golfer at carolina and his staff for what they do traveling country club All right, we will step aside. When we get back, we'll take a quick drive around the SEC. And we've got a special message from a special Gamecock to pass along as well. Michael Flint, Patrick Davis, all ahead right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Doco. Down here in the south, 
We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce of any goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
Great Bob Fulton, best to ever do it. It's South Carolina, one of the best to ever do it in college athletics. Quick segment here. Flint Davis due up in hour two. We are part of the Chief Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Dixie Vodka. I got to tell you, I didn't even realize, and they're our partners, I didn't realize they made the canned drinks. I do now because I had three of them last night. They were fantastic. So uh, <laughs> if you're going to be at the uh, at the Carolina Rise slash Big Spur slash Inside the Gamecocks slash whatever tailgate tomorrow, uh, we've got a few. Tailgate. Not enough for everybody, but, you know, you might get lucky and maybe JC or I can slide you one. We'll probably keep those hidden somewhere just for – upcharge them you know 20 bucks a can or something like that and i'm just kidding um by the way there will be um we're working on some special uh performances tomorrow too so keep your eyes peeled for that yeah um, they're, 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 they'll be pretty fun yeah should be performance so somebody, that'll, that'll be fun. the somebody event is sold out well. and, and, and I, you know the event sold out too um there may be a couple tickets on our Event price page that have come available in the last hour, but uh, I think you got about three minutes to go get them. So, but that's uh, that's fine. We we're excited about it, Clint. There will be a TV, Billy G, from Billy G's Barbecue. I think he's going to be there slinging his sauce, uh, and he has uh, been kind enough to uh, bring his uh, TV generator and his big screen so everybody can watch games for the Wonderful. Tennessee Virginia blowout and things of that nature. So it'll yeah. We'll have one TV, maybe, I, who knows who may bring another one, but uh, I think that's going to be... Uh, there will be ways to watch, yep. There will be no, ways to nothing, watch. Nothing yes. really pressing in the afternoon. I mean, that's part of the SEC slate. You just mentioned Tennessee and Virginia and Nashville. Um, we'll, we'll pick that game a little bit later on in the show. Ball State's at Kentucky at noon. Mercer's at Ole Miss at 2 o'clock. These are all Eastern. UMass is at Auburn for the debut of Hugh Freeze on the Plains. That's a 3.30 kick. Western Carolina, the Catamounts, will visit uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks at 4 o'clock. Southeast Louisiana is at Mississippi State. Zach Arnett, of course, his debut as the head coach taking over uh, after the loss of Mike Leach. Be anxious to see how they honor Mike Leach uh, at, uh, uh, tomorrow down in Starkville. UT Martin is at Georgia tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Georgia will begin their campaign to go win another national championship. New Mexico is at Texas A&M. That's the ESPN primetime game, boys and girls. I think there's an inventory issue or what. Alabama A&M at Vanderbilt at 7 o'clock. Bandy looking to go 2-0. Middle Tennessee and Rick Stockstill will make the trip to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. And um, I saw that Kirk Herbstreet has joined in with my prediction that Alabama will win the national championship this year because people are doubting them. And that is when they win, generally. And finally, of course, South Carolina, North Carolina tomorrow night at 7.30. This final hour will be largely about that ball game. LSU and Florida State. I think the Knowles are the home team in that game, 7.30 on Sunday night. That is a quick drive around the SEC. All right, Phil, we are out of time here in hour number one. Michael Flint is going to lead us off. We will get plenty into the numbers, the matchups, and the predictions for the Tar Heels and South Carolina. We'll make our picks, and we'll be joined by the great Patrick Davis a little bit later on as well. Don't go anywhere inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Always live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. I drove by Williams Price earlier. Matt, the welcome home sign looks crisp and clean, my man. Well done. Well done. We'll be right back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Carolina Rise, <laughs> Friday morning, one day away before South Carolina and North Carolina get busy. The battle of the border, we know what's getting ready to happen. The weather is beautiful today. The storm came through 
after the storm is sunshine, cool temps, the just a really cool brisk in the air this morning. So I'm getting ready. My man Dave Shrucker was on the Today Show and got me fired up. So I want to give you a little bit of this. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to sing a verse or so. Just maybe one. How about it? Let's go Gamecocks. Hey, yeah, let's go Gamecock Nation. Well, I ain't going to work today. Just want to sit around and play. Going to hit balls off the dock. Kick back in my flip-flops. Don't know nothing to the lender. Nothing spinning in the blender. The only thing on my agenda is beers and sunshine. Bonfires in summertime. Back porch nights in South Carolina. Ain't nothing finer than me. And my girl striking up a little lighter. Everybody's down in the world going crazy. Don't know how to fix it, but I think maybe turn on the good time. Turn on the TV. Well, the only is beers and sunshine. What about you? Let's go, Gamecocks. It's a Carolina Rise Friday morning. <laughs> one more, one more line or two. Here we go. I'm gonna call my girl and say, let's get our friends and hit the lake. Grab a boat and get the float. A little buzz and a little toasted. We're gonna hang and have the fun now. Flying high would never come down. We're gonna roll until we run a beers and sunshine. Here we go. Back porch nights in South Carolina. Ain't nothing final. That's it. Carolina Rise. Let's go. Lot 6, Cedar Street, baby. The occasional milkshake. Mark Bryan. Gary Green. Hank Futch and special guest. Come on. Let's get this thing popping and popping. Beers and sunshine. <laughs> well, I think Corey just blew the load off the special guest. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, one of them, couple uh, of them, yeah. Uh, at least, at least the entertainment. Mark Bryan and the boys from the Blue Dogs will be there playing music. Uh, we won't, I won't say anything else after that, JC. But uh, certainly, it looks like it's going to be. Pastor Payne, uh, certainly. Uh, yeah, I was just sitting here when we started the show, and he sent me that video. Uh, he's on the iPhone, so I think um, – I don't know why it came across tiny. Sometimes people that use Droid, yeah. it'll come across tiny. But I don't know why it came across tiny, so that's why it was blurry. But uh, I, I said, Phil and Jamie, it's like, we got to play this, man. That makes me make everybody feel good, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, that was uh, well done, Corey. And, and uh, Darius this morning was on the Today Show uh in in new york and then he's flying into charlotte but um so gamecocks all all over the place coach beamer had a message on the today show as well and mm-hmm. um let's just say the uh the whole country is pulling for south carolina to you know <laughs> whip that team from the north and we're certainly looking forward to that so well done Corey. if you're watching you got the voice of an angel my man you uh you need to get into darius's studio over there at the at the facility and lay him down um michael flint should be here in just a minute and uh, hopefully i mean he he knows what time noon is he did Girl respond and, and say that uh he's on it um uh, somebody somebody said did we did we do the uniform combo yet have they gotten the uniform out there yet 
I think it's my understanding uh, it's going to be the same as what it was a couple of years ago. I know that uh, I know North Carolina's wearing their blue jerseys and Carolina's wearing garnet jerseys, but I don't know. I about read that on uh, I read on Big Spur it would be the normal white garnet white. So yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know if they've announced that yet or not, but uh, we'll see. No full color rush for this. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out but, when they run out know, of the tunnel. The, the black garnet garnet, they wore that in the opener. They wore that against uh, A&M. They wore it against Tennessee. They wore it, well, they didn't wear it against Clemson. They had black, white, white against Clemson. But uh, I don't know, man. They had Stormtroopers on in 19 when they played the Tar Heels. And then I think uh, back in – Fifteen. It was just the traditional, yeah, garnet uh, Spurrier era, white, white, yeah. white garnet, white. So, uh, we'll Bink it. said he heard all garnet. I don't think any of us know until they kick off. I know the garnet jerseys. I don't know. They look like the daggum, uh, the all garnet jerseys, man. I, I could dig that. I could get behind that. I mean, they, they wore those in the eighties, eighty four. The the black magic season. People don't realize this. At home, most games featured all garnet jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Strange, right? Black magic, but a fire ant defense. And the mm-hmm. fire ant defense would be nice. Uh, South Carolina, guys, one of the one of the things we're going to talk to Michael about here in just a minute is the fact that they gave up 4.9 yards per rush last year. That's got to get better. I mean, you, you're giving up half a first down every time they hand the football off, and, and that's – that's why you give up 198 rushing yards per game, um, JC and and Phil. And there's no doubt that North Carolina is going to try to establish the run. The, the question really, though, is what will that look like? And, you know, as many questions as there are about the Gamecock side of things with Dow Loggins being the, the new offensive coordinator, JC, you pointed out earlier, Chip Lindsey has stepped into that role uh, in Chapel Hill. We, we have seen Chip Lindsey offenses the last few years. I'm not sure there's ever really been anything that's just flat out stood out to me. Um, you know, he's, he's had some successes here and there. I know that. He's been in the SEC with Auburn. I get that. Um, but, you know, one of the, the – the fuel for the running engine last year for North Carolina were, was the legs of Drake May. You know, their run game went off of him. He ran for over 900 yards. He's the leading returning rusher on the team that, by the way, has a really good stable of running backs. So I, I don't know what it, I don't know what that's going to look like, J.C. I, I you know, kind of let you take it over from here because you, you mm-hmm. in one, one breath you, you go back and look at the numbers. Drake May throws the football well when he is able to get out and implement that run game into his overall game. Um, when he doesn't, he doesn't throw it as well. But at the same time, you know, that's at the expense of four tailbacks who want the ball. So what's this balance going to look like tomorrow night? I have no idea, but I do know this. Carolina has got to find a way to throw up some roadblocks. Absolutely. I mean, the run defense has to get better this year. It's year three. Uh, you know, you, you should be able to – with uh, all the guys that, that you've you've developed and recruited, that you've inherited and then recruited, um, you, you should be able to stop the run. That that's a b. Um, here's the here's the deal. There, it's uh, it, it's it, I got my I got if I, if I could circle four guys right uh, I, as far as stopping the run goes: Stone Blanton, 
Debo Williams. Keep in mind, these two guys are new starters. They, they, they've played, but this is the, they they were there. They're the starting linebackers ahead of Mo Kaba and Pop Howard. Uh, so Stone has to read his keys. Stone has to be more, you know, hopefully the uh, the offseason he had, which was amazing, transformed his body, got quicker, got faster, got a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stone has to play nasty in there. Uh, and then Debo has to become the player that we've seen when he's on, when he's diagnosing things, when he's not taking false steps, staying in your gap. Uh, any kind of Malzahn stuff at all that Chip Lindsey runs is based on eye candy, motion, shifts, things like that that are designed to kind of get you out of your gap. Uh, and then, boom, British Brooks is gone. That's right. what will happen. Right. Uh, and they'll chew clock and they can be able to chew clock and things like that. So that's A. Uh, the other two guys I'm looking at, Jordan Strawn and Tyreek Johnson, who are supposed to be the starting defensive ends. You know, Strawn is probably better at a, as a pass rusher than against the run, but he, he wasn't bad first two games against the run uh, last season. And then Tyreek Johnson's a guy that's been there 175 years. Uh, I think Bob Fulton retired the class he came in on. You know, this guy is a bigger 270-pound, powerful, almost like a somewhat of a D-tackle kind of guy. Like he could play either an inside on a rabbit's package. He's got to set the edge, you know, and he's got to stay at home. He can't get sucked in, uh, that kind of thing. And um, so those four guys I think are very important um, individually as far as Carolina's chances of stopping the run. And I'll also add that if Drake May gets into the secondary, Nick him and Warre and needs to be didn't needs to be Nick him and Warre and uh, and Nick him and Warre him uh, because you know quarterbacks taking hard hits that 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 doesn't just occur in the pocket, you know it can occur uh, down the field as well. So uh, don't get a targeting penalty, but uh, they need to make sure that when he gets when they got a chance shot at him, you hit him, you, you take you drill. You drill him, you know, because yeah. I don't. I don't know that, I, I think. Yeah, I think he's good at making sure he doesn't get hit, like a lot of quarterbacks are. But I also notice some ball security types of thing. He carries it kind of like a loaf of bread. So maybe he'll fumble it if you if you hit him hard enough and try to do it. So that's my little take on the run game. And Carolina, I, I, they're not going to win the game if they don't stop the run. Not going. Well, I mean, that, that that's bottom line. Well, I mean, you're regurgitating what the head coach said. I mean, Shane Beamer said it the other day. I mean, literally word for word was, if we can't slow down the run game, it's going to be a long night for us. Uh, and, and you know, one of the numbers that equates to that 4.9 yards per rush that I gave you just a minute ago is last year, Gamecock opponents, they um, converted third downs at a 43% clip. That number comes down if you if you if you are able to first of all two, two things that number comes down number one if you don't allow five and six yards on first down but also if you are slowing down the run game um, that all kind of correlates and third and long versus third and two and third and three uh, that that's where you'll be begin to be able to adjust that number so you know it's a very important point and um, Carolina's guys I mean I think guys they they feel pretty confident about where they are one of the groups that i think is actually going to surprise is the depth of the defensive tackle position i think that um it's there we haven't seen them play enough outside of boogie tonka okay 
I hear you. But the rest of the, the fan base has not seen T.J. Sanders, has not seen Nick Barrett. They haven't seen those guys play enough. So they, don't, they know they're big, but they don't really know what to think about them. And, and I certainly think that those guys uh, are going to overperform based on expectations, at least as it is here in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, don't forget about a guy like Elijah Davis, a guy like Xavier McLeod. Yeah, they're you all going to play. They're, they're, they're six deep, and then, and then, then who's coaching him? Uh, Travion Roberts, right? You know, he, uh, yeah. he he knows a thing or two. So, yeah, yeah just someone a little bit. who played nasty and can coach nasty. That's what you want out of that. Yeah, well, you that's got, a, you know, <laughs> that's a, that's exactly right. On the opposite side of that, and again, we're still waiting on Flint here, but on the opposite side of that, South Carolina has to be able to run the football as well. Uh, we've pointed out time and time again, eleven and one under Shane Beamer when they run for over a hundred yards. <laughs> I mean, a hundred yards. I didn't say one fifty. I said a hundred no. yards. They have won eleven of the twelve games that they've played in, uh, which is pretty remarkable. So you know, you're not asking them to turn into Alabama or Georgia. Just be able to run it, and, and I think most importantly, there too, guys. Be able to run it when they know that you're going to run. It. As in, like, it's third and one, and we're going to get the first down, and there's not a daggum thing you can do about it. You know, be able to, if you run the football on first down and it's first and 10, you know, that you you are putting yourself in at least second and manageable, not second and long. Is that second and six? Is that second and five? Anything than that, of course, we know is gravy. But, you know, that's very important. I'm saying things that, like, if Coach Beamer or one of them was watching our show, they're like, you moron, of course. That's football. Right. You know, and that's been an issue for South Carolina at times. And uh, so I'll be anxious to see – what Coach Loggins, how he, how he, not only has created and developed his game plan for this ball game, for the run game, but how he adjusts it in game, uh, if there are things that maybe aren't working early on. I think it's going to be some gap, gap scheme stuff straight up the gut. I mean, I, you know, Carolina's strength of their offensive line is their uh, center and guards, uh, with Gardulo and Jakai Moore and Vershawn Lee. Um, hmm. Good point. With Joiner, uh, you know, you, you run it right, right at him with with Joiner, and you know, maybe do some some you know pulls and stuff like that. I I don't know that a zone. I don't think you'll see a whole lot of zone stuff. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Um, but I, I I think I think that, and then you know, to the outside, the outside runs uh, with Juju McDowell can obviously be effective. Um, we uh, we saw he had a pretty big one last time the Gamecocks played the Tar Heels up here. I uh, think about a, what, a 32-yard touchdown run. So, uh, you know, and, and look, I think you could do things with Juju, too. You don't have to not run him up the middle ever. If, if there's a hole, you can you could run draw plays and stuff with, with that guy, and he could squirt, squirt on up in there. You just can't do like he did last year and yeah. give it to him into a brick wall. That's not going to work. Um, so I, I think they'll be creative in running it too. You know, it, we, you know, there's reverses, there's uh, little jet sweeps, things like that. Xavier Leggett can take the ball, carry it from scrimmage. So could Juice Wells. So we'll see sort of what happens with that. But I, I do think scratching out rushing yardage, while I believe this is going to be an offense that's going to, dare I say, feel a little. It's going to feel a little like a Spurrier pass happy type deal. Uh, they will run the ball. So they'll run the ball. So I think it's uh, – uh, 
you know, it, it, it may be sneaky and it may be have to be created, but th- th- they won't try to run the football. So if they if they can, it's only going to help Spencer Rattler. My one of my predictions for this game is he will throw for over three hundred yards. I've heard some whispers out there if he's throwing for over three hundred yards, that's probably not a good sign. I totally disagree with that. I think that's a false narrative. Um, I think that um, three hundred no. Yeah. 500, if it's yeah. 500, yeah, Jake Bentley, 2018, Clemson, could be a problem. Um, I, I, I totally disagree with that narrative. I, I think that's really a terrible take on this. By the way, if he does throw for over 300 yards, there's only been five quarterbacks in the history of the program that have thrown for over 300 in the opener. The last to do it was, of course, Dylan Thompson in 2014 when he threw for 366, the most ever. Steve Tannehill versus the Georgia Bulldogs in 1994. Blake threw for 330 in 2005. Coach Spurrier's first game against Central Florida. Todd threw for 329 against App State in 1987. And old Bill Troop threw for 318 against Virginia back in 1972. Spencer Rattler is looking to join that list if he can do it. However, Spencer Rattler is not the most quarter most. Uh, having a Mitch McConnell moment here, pardon me, but he is not the most accurate quarterback in the program. No, no, no. That number or that accolade goes to two gentlemen. And when we return, I'll tell you what those stats are. So hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down to Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today bourbon county if you're in the upstate of south carolina and are in need of residential real estate services cindy bass sear fossil caldwell banker kane is for you ask her about the village at creekside all of her listings in my hometown of spartanburg south carolina right there on daniel morgan avenue married to a lifelong gamecock fan and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to letmepaintsomething.com to check them out. 
Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. shot there of Williams-Brice Stadium, Phil. Uh, yesterday, the university announced that they have an enhanced 2001 entrance uh, this year. I'm anxious to see what that means. I know that they've changed the entrance for cocky, and I know what that change is. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what they are referring to or if there will be more to it, but we'll find out next Saturday night under the lights of Williams-Brice Stadium inside the Gamecocks. The show is built by the Barn Dominium Co., barnuminiumco.com so Rattler the last three games just so y'all I'm not sure if anybody's picked up on this Carolina's pretty good when he throws the football a lot in the Shane Beamer era three of the four most passing attempts by his quarterbacks they've come in the last three games kind of worked out Um, so he is going to throw the football Uh, there's no doubt about that but what I was saying This is really unbelievable. Over the last two seasons, guys, over the last two – there's no way there's a program in America that has this stat. South Carolina's starting running back and South Carolina's starting punter are a combined 18 for 18 for 434 yards and five touchdowns through the air. That's amazing, right? Kai Kroger's quarterback rating is over 500 in his <laughs> career. 
Kai Kroger is the most productive SEC quarterback ever. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, but you, well, it, 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 yeah, yeah. The carry on was nine for nine against the, the Tar Heels and has yep. completed nine more in a row. Yep. He's, yeah, it's amazing. It's, uh, they, it. So, how it, many passes do you think DK throws tomorrow? Uh, none. The over under at three. So you got none? None. None. Yeah, I don't think he does. I'm going to say they don't. They don't. I'm, I'm, I think North Carolina is probably going to prepare for it. I think yeah. they're going to sit there about halfback yeah, pass, seen watch that. the halfback mm-hmm. pass. Um, if he if he but, throws uh, any, uh, yeah, I'm with JC. It's maybe one, and it's now, out of the blue. Now they can scout Kai Kroger all they want. That's not what what, you, that's not you, like a traditional play call. What what Limbo does is he looks and he's like. And he's, with return teams and stuff, you say, well, they'll align this way. They'll do this. They'll do that. That kind of thing. Um, and so we're, we're, and then the play call goes in. It says, well, if you get this look, it's going to be open. And it is. So right. That's uh, that's uh, that's kind of what all that's based on, rather than, you know, on offense and defense, it's a, kind of a different operation. So yeah, they can scout and go, well, Kroger – you know, you got to pressure him from his left and throw it. Uh, you know, they can do that all they want, but it's uh, if he gets it off, chances are it's going to be, you know, wide, wide open. Yeah, it's a, it's it really he's is enough to go through reads too. That's what you know yeah. we were hearing. Yeah, he <laughs> drops well, back. Yeah, it's, it's, he's like, pointing. Yeah, that's my third read. He's pointing against Georgia <laughs> last year. That the, the Travion Kenyon, he looked off the linebacker. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing uh, stuff. Uh, but speaking of quarterbacks, uh, officially Nick Saban is named Jalen Milrow, the starting quarterback for Alabama. But, yeah, it would, boy, J.C., to be a fly on the wall of some of the media members that might occasionally peek at North Carolina's football practice, they wonder, Mac, what are you doing out there? Why, why is your punter throwing the football all around the yard? Well, our guys got to prepare for it, you know. So if you are preparing your team for a punter to potentially throw the football, what is that taking you away from? You only have so much practice time. It's not like the NFL where you'd be out there all day. Like, if you're preparing for a punter who can throw on a fake punt, then there's something somewhere that you're not preparing for. It's really a fascinating uh, part of Gamecock football. But um, we'll see what that looks like uh, tomorrow night and if they can maybe do what they did only 12 years ago, which is put up the most points ever in a season over 56 in this ballpark against East Carolina. JC, you read, mentioned that game all the time. That was the Connor got the start. Uh, Coach Spurrier sent the message and Connor didn't play well. And then Steven came in in the second half and saved the day and face for Carolina football to work its way to 11 wins that year. Yeah. Don't forget Marcus Lattimore ran all over him too that night. But uh Sure. Yeah. It uh what's interesting is that Lincoln Riley was dialing up ball plays for the Pirates that night. Mm, yeah. He was the O. C. there, a young O. C. So we all talk about Lincoln Riley now like he's you know, one of the better ones and he is one of the better uh, offensive coaches in the country, but uh Back then, he was dialing them up for Ruffin McNeil's East Carolina Pirates, and they they had they they gave Ellis Johnson's defense. And that was a good defense in 2011. Now, they gave them some problems mm-hmm. uh, through the air and things, and got up 17 nothing. And I mean, it looked looked dangerous, but that that was kind of the start of I think a lot of people's mediocre feelings towards playing games in Charlotte. Um. 
that one, it didn't help the opponent was East Carolina. It didn't help that it was like 98 degrees and you could see the fog on the field humidity-wise, uh, even though that was a night game technically. Uh, and at the time, Carolina was used to opening on Thursdays, and it was a, but it was a Saturday, one yeah. of the random Saturday year. Uh, the next time they played in 2015, I'll never forget this because I couldn't find a place to park. It was a Thursday night kickoff here in Charlotte at 5:30. Mm-hmm. So you've got rush hour. I mean, there just weren't very many people here at all. You know, 17 was a 3:30 game. By then, people are not wanting to go to Charlotte at all because of the Belt Bowl the year before. Um, or night. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. 17 was NC State. 17. There's a good crowd here. Three o'clock kickoff for that one. Uh, 19. Not a good crowd at all. 21 was a bowl. So you know, decent crowd. But I, I think tomorrow night will be. Oh, it's going to be a out, out outside of Clemson, Georgia, a couple of years ago. It'll be the best crowd. This. Duke's mayonnaise kickoff uh, classic is that. Well, they, 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 it all worked this weekend, JC. Everything came together. I mean, you had yeah. – it, it did, you know, and they got some help by the fact that the schedule is a little bit light and the other big game of the weekend is being played on Sunday. So, you know, it was able to bring in college game day, bring some extra enthusiasm and all that type stuff. And, and um, yeah, it, it just all really kind of came together the way that they wanted it to. I, you know, I would – venture a guess here in a couple of years when Tennessee and West Virginia play up there um, you know it's probably not going to bring the, the same amount that this one will although those are two really unique uh, fan bases to put that politely yeah. um, but they, um, but you know it's it, it, it just this just all worked in, in Charlotte as we both know has probably a combined if not more 50,000 uh, alumni from both of these schools so I'm talking about oh, yeah. a, There's a combo alumni, if not more than that. Oh, more than that. I, I think uh, Gamecock alums are, are growing in this uh, in this area, and the, the Tar Heels have always had a lot of alums down here. I mean, it's 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 a it's a place where it's further from Chapel Hill than Columbia to get to Charlotte, but it's still very much the state of North Carolina, and right uh, with a big banking hub and all that that they have here. There's a lot of job opportunity that. North Carolinians and South Carolinians take advantage of. So, uh, I've been impressed with the downtown. I'm staying right here. Um, yep. Here, I'll just look at this. Watch this. Here we go. Hey, look at that. It's a beautiful view uh, yeah. and all that good stuff. Make sure so, Nat, Nat has uh, clothes on before you do that. She's <laughs> at Target spending money. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been impressed. I'm, I'm right here like City Center. I've been impressed. Well, with, that's, uh, that's, the, that's where I was supposed to stay until I had the change in my plans. So that's all worked out. I know. Out. You, that's why I'm here. Because you told me to stay I here. I screwed you over. But I'm I like sorry. it. So, yeah. uh, but anyway. so Don't tell people. I, yeah, I've, been impressed with, I've been impressed with Charlotte. Sorry. I do think it's time It's time for the Gamecocks. I mean, I, 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 I love when the Gamecocks play North Carolina. I think they should try to schedule them often. Uh, but I think I'm ready to go to Chapel Hill for a game. Yeah, or this have needs them come to be to home and home. home, and home. Yeah, yeah, this needs to be home and home, even though yeah, so. it's interesting that, you know, the perfect storm happened, like you kind of inferred, JC, that or JB, rather, that, you know, we're going to – this is going to be a packed house, so it's going to have that college football big-time game environment. Oh, it but uh, but you've got these freaking cathedrals of <laughs> – of this game built all over, you know, the United States. And it's just a shame to have them be empty for games like these. Yeah. I, I, I'll say this though. The neutral site. Okay. So South Carolina wants to schedule Duke like a home and home with Duke, a two game series with Duke. Right. 
and they don't want to go to Wallace Way because there's not enough seats. Playing one of those games in Charlotte, wouldn't mind. You know, you want to play the 49ers and give the, and they come to your place three times, Charlotte 49ers, and then you play them the fourth time at Bank of America, no problem with that at all. Uh, you know, Notre Dame. Notre Dame wants to play in Charlotte as part of the subway, their subway series where they travel around different stadiums and they want the Gamecocks in Charlotte. You bet your ass, bring it on. You know, nah, it was, yeah, that's not here. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, so I wouldn't mind that. But like the, the, this whole play NC State and the, the whole border battle thing, it needs a pause for a while because, heck, I, you know, I enjoyed that afternoon in Chapel Hill. It's a beautiful setting for a college football and. Uh, they like coming to Columbia and all that good stuff. I have an offensive line question. Craig's going to shoot me if I don't answer. And, and the answer, Craig, is I don't know. Yep. We'll find out tomorrow why everybody else will. I, you know, I would assume you – know, I, I wouldn't count out Tyshawn Wanamaker from starting either because I was told he's coming on, coming on, coming on, and he's got starting experience at tackle, at right tackle, and he showed up on the depth chart. So – that that kind of on the outside, so that kind of makes me think um, that I think best case would be if uh, Fugar or Hughes, in the case of Henry, end up yeah. taking the bull by the horns at tackle. You know, I think that that's best case, but I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I, I think my gut tells me this, and then uh, we got to get a couple of things and get out of here for Patrick Davis. But my gut tells me four tackles are going to play tomorrow night. Where, when, don't know. But uh, four tackles will be in the game, and my gut is basing that on information. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait till seven forty four tomorrow night to fi- uh, find out. All right, Phil. Last couple of minutes, we got to get out of here and get to uh, our friend, Mister Patrick Davis, who will help us make some picks here before we uh, hit the road for uh, Charlotte. But uh, your keys to the game for South Carolina to pull out a win, Mad Dog. Uh, game one, you got to. You got to be clean. Uh, don't shoot yourself with the foot. Don't no procedural issues like we saw. You know, or yeah. to have you can't do that. That you just can't. You gotta. You gotta be. You gotta play clean. You know, and then the things I always say: discipline and fundamentals. That's what you need, JC. Definitely stop the run on defense. No excuses, uh, South Carolina's. I mean, one, one thing nobody's talked about is North Carolina's offensive line isn't all that good. So they don't have a North, they don't have an offensive line. They've got major question marks at receiver without uh, Tez Walker being eligible. It doesn't look like he is. Even if he is, that's one guy. Um, there's no excuse for this defense to go out and get torched. Like VK says, UNC's offense is unstoppable. Because you don't even have Phil Longo anymore, right? Um, so you got to stop the run offensively. Uh, I'm with Phil, keep it clean, but, you know, Spencer needs to be Spencer. And, and I almost hate that it's a known fact that he's lit it up uh, in the preseason because uh, he needs to be that Spencer and not uh, have errant passes, not, you know, make make the right decisions, but but play loose, play free, and play his game. So that, those are the keys on either side. Yeah, I think um, I think on the defensive side of the football, it's a couple of things. I'm not going to say stop the run. They've really yet to do that for the last couple of years, and don't want to put that type of you know pressure on this conversation. Um, but slow it down, slow it down. Be better than you have been. Uh, it, it it making sure that they can't just go out and basically run at will 
and tackle, uh, tackle, tackle, tackle. You know, and, and I'm anxious to see if one of the things that Shane has talked about a bunch here in the preseason, how how hard of a summer that they had. Uh, you know, there's a reason for that, and and discipline is really what that comes down to, and you know, being tough. And uh, so anxious to to see those guys tackle. We'll see if they can slow the run down. Uh, and um, I, I'm quite confident North Carolina's going to turn it over somewhere. What does South Carolina do with that? On the offensive side of the football, uh, be able to establish a run game. And really, that's all it comes down to to me. If they can establish a run game, I think their offense is going to be just fine. Um, if they can't, it could be potentially a long night. But we'll pick that game more. Patrick Davis is joining us next. Hang tight. Chicken cock whiskey serves us. And the Barndo Company builds us inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cole Joel here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
Final segment, Friday, September the 1st. We've made it. College football season. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network, which is served by our friends at Dixie Vodka. We are built by the Barndo Co. And I didn't know if we'd get him with video or audio, but we <laughs> got him my with truck. video. He's in his truck. He's traveling. And, and guys, it's football season. All of oh. us have one song in our playlist that we always play on game day. He wrote it. It's called Big Old Cock, and it'll be blaring everywhere outside of Bank of America Stadium tomorrow, including at our tailgate uh, for uh, the Big Spur Carolina Rise and inside the Gamecocks the show. It is the unofficial, but I would call it official anthem of the Gamecocks. Patrick Davis, one of the coolest dudes out there. And I'm going to see you in a couple months because you come back to Charleston, so I'm looking forward to that. So what's up, That's man? Right. Thank you. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Man, we're good. Are you all right? Where are you? Are you on the side of the road? No, man. I actually actually got to come home last night. I actually just uh, went to lunch and I just came back. I actually am in my car because I got in really late last <laughs> night. I was I was playing at um I played at uh, I had to do a thing up in Harrah's up at the Cherokee uh, the casino God, up there. Place. So I had to I had to do a private event up there. And I thought I was gonna stay, and then I got done early, and I was like, ah, shit, man, I'm gonna drive. I drove five hours back home last night. So, uh, but you know, <laughs> casino gigs are good, man. They uh, nobody knows about them. You do VIP events and. Uh, they pay well. Let's put it like that. So yeah, you got you got to show up. So, but I'm, I'm home now, and I'm, I'm actually in my uh, in my car because I was just out out and about. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call in, talk shit to these guys about football. So here we go, <laughs> dude. Well, Cherokee that is. Was- uh, I can't, I'll be up there. Cherokee's awesome. I, I love Cherokee. I think the Harrah's up there is actually it's on par. Like when I was a kid, that it's was awesome. like it was uh, it was slot machines and cigarette smoke. And yep. now there's no cigarette smoke, and it is as nice as almost. I swear to God, it's as nice as any casino anywhere. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, it really is. It really I agree. Is. I saw Ron. I saw, I saw Ron an elk. White up there. It was good. An yeah. elk. Uh, an elk. Two, two times in a row, I've seen an elk. Big ass elk, man. They got them up there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, there they've cool. been. Our, my family's house in Maggie. There's a there's a bear bear den that magically appeared, maybe not even a hundred yards up the mountain, and they've just been walking down. And I'm like, oh, that sounds exciting. Well, Can't you wait guys to are the trash out. Y'all are small people, so they y'all probably look like little appetizers, like you know, like you guys <laughs> probably, like, probably what it is. They're like they're like, man, these could be some nice snacks. Look at this whole family of them. <laughs> <laughs> the little Bradford kids. A bit of an Bradford snacks <laughs> before you get to the uh, yeah. <laughs> The yeah, there's another. The there's casino. a couple. There's a there's a couple neighborhoods down the road where there's bigger people, but they're like, we're gonna stop here first, appetizers, and we're gonna keep going Main down. So, yeah, but yeah, so I, I'm excited awesome. about this football, man. Yeah, me too. By the way, who who's my first favorite musician? Yeah, you're my guy. No, nah, Eric Church, man. All you ever do oh, is yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. Eric Church. That's good. I think if Eric Church needed a lover and it was desperate, I think you might hang out with him. I'm just gonna say, I know. Eric. You know, He's going to be Eric there. Eric Church is an honorary captain for the Tar Heels tomorrow, too. Ah, that makes sense. I mean, he's a North Carolina it's guy. Dar- I mean, tomorrow. Darius for Carolina, Eric Church for the Tar Heels. They're both going to be at the game. So. All right. Yeah, but yeah. Darius is singing the anthem, though. No, he does that. Like, he loves doing that. He loves to, I got For all of, most of us hate doing the anthem because it's hard. You know, the anthem, it was, it's, you do it right. They're like, yeah, of course you did it right. It's our national anthem. You do it wrong, you're on YouTube for the rest of your life. So it's just, it's <laughs> insane. And, and the, there's so many words in it that just you're like you get lost and you're done. So uh, yeah, we don't like to. Darius does all the time though. He's like that's his go-to. Darius yeah, has so. got a big weekend. He was on the Today Show this morning, so he's uh, 
Got his well, new album I mean, coming out. Carolyn's oh, boy. Okay. Carolyn. Yeah. Carolyn's? Carolyn's boy? I was Carolyn's, Carolyn's boy. That's a, yeah, <laughs> I was too. Not anymore, though. They're all falling down up there. Yeah. Uh, so all those all those rides that keep rusting out. I'm never going there, there again. I think I'm going back to Carolyn's <laughs> for a while. Oh, man. Kitty, we'll get to South Carolina and North Carolina at the end of this thing. Uh, okay. But, but uh, you are the guest this week, and so we'll let you go first. Uh, for uh, the game that will be played tonight in Atlanta between a couple of real featherweights out of the ACC, Louisville and Georgia Tech at seven thirty. Have you even who's looked supposed, at that ball game? Who's supposed to win? I didn't even know. That, I didn't know they still had team. Uh, Georgia Tech still had a football team. Like so, I didn't what like that's <laughs> they like, do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's it you know it's hit or miss. Uh, hey, Louisville you know, is a seven and a half point favorite. You guys, you guys, y'all, y'all, are sponsored by a whiskey over here. This, you know, this, uh, this cock whiskey, whatever that uh, chicken, what's it called? chicken <laughs> cock. And um, and so I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Louisville because I was in Louisville recently. I was with Edwin. We played up in uh, up in that area. So I'll uh, I'm gonna say Louisville. You were with Edwin. Yeah, yeah. We were playing up there. We were we were not drinking any no. chicken cock whiskey, you, but, uh, but we were. We're singing songs. You should, and and probably there's a good opportunity to to plug Whiskey Jam as well because I also have a bottle of that at the house, and I yeah yeah well like I like Whiskey it's, Jam like it's, yeah well we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get you we'll we'll leave that for the Bears so after they eat you guys they can dr- or get drunk this would be great so keep going what we got next <laughs> hold on Phil who you got Louisville or Georgia Tech I'm going Louisville too are you yeah see yeah, I'm taking smart super I'm, smart I'm going. Louisville, Jeff Brom's home. It's going to be exciting to watch them this year. So, Louisville. yeah, I, it, look, it, it, I don't know that we can pick Georgia Tech to win anything until they win something, right? So, I think Louisville goes into Atlanta. How many fans will Georgia Tech have there? I think the over under on that is right around a hundred twenty five. You're going under thirty okay. under a hundred. Well, the Braves are out of town because they're playing in in uh, L.A., so maybe they'll have a couple hundred, well, fifteen, couple hundred. So you're going over a hundred fans for Georgia Tech. Yeah, uh, yeah, PD. yeah. Yeah, right. come on. You gotta be. I mean, just family alone. You, you know what? You sell albums everywhere, so I would expect you to to say at least yeah. a couple thousand, probably a smart yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, probably not gonna be much of a contest here. And Patrick lives in Nashville, but I've got a feeling he's not going to this game. Virginia will take on twelfth ranked Tennessee. The Vols are four touchdown favorites at noon tomorrow on ABC at Nissan Stadium. PD. He, and I wish ask. I want I want Tennessee to lose every game they play. So um, I uh, but Virginia, man, that's that's going to be tough. Yeah, uh, UT's UT's pretty good. So yeah, Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee. Phil, quick pick. I know you're going with the Vols and uh, yeah, Vols. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cannot imagine Vols, Vols. anywhere but the Vols. Right. This is a fairly this one's getting some uh, some interesting run. That's Colorado and TCU, and that is really because Deion Sanders is the head coach of the Buffaloes out in that pot-smoking state out west. Uh, but they've got to take the trip to Fort Worth, and they're 20-and-a-half-point dogs to the 17th-ranked Horn Frogs, who maybe, maybe many people have forgotten. You know, they actually played in the college football playoff last year. But that tall, red-headed quarterback, he's not there anymore, Patrick. Can Colorado in primetime pull an upset? Man, I, I think Dion is going to be awesome for college football. It makes it so interesting. Um, I uh, I also know a lot of people in Texas. They also smoke a lot of pot in Texas. So I'm oh. going to say I think I think TCU is actually going to win this game. I think they've got enough players on that team that are going to remember what it feels like to win. And Dion, I don't know, 
let's give him a couple games to get it, get it, get himself going. Yeah, Phil, I, I think I know. I mean, you're going. Yeah, TCU obviously. Uh, you know, Colorado barely has enough to travel an entire team, so <laughs> that's who I'm going with. <laughs> and they're all high. <laughs> Which is good for the after the game, but I don't know. Heading into it might be a disservice. JC, I'm what doing, you got? I'm going to go with upset Colorado. Really? Wow. Based on uh, what? Hunch? Are you JC's high? Based oh. on the <laughs> fact, I, I don't know that TCU replaced its players that lost with with upgrades or even guys that are similar. I like some of the pieces Colorado got out of the portal. It is game one. I think as the year goes on, their depth is going to start to be a problem. But uh, And I like their offensive coordinator, uh, Sean Lewis. P- people don't understand that, like, D- yeah, Deion Sanders is, you know, out there being Deion, right? But he hired one of the best play callers in college football to run his offense. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the difference. I think this guy was at Kent State last year, gave Georgia all they wanted. I think it'll come down to the wire. It'll be 24-21, something like that, just like last year, for like we had to do with Anthony Richardson for a week. We get to hear about how great Dion is for a week, and then they're going to gradually fade away. But uh, I think with this one, I don't like how it sets up for TCU. Um, you know, I think a lot of that line and spread is based on things that uh, may have happened last year, and I do think Colorado has enough playmakers in this one to win. That's uh, – wow. Pretty bold there. It's bold. It is bold. Uh, I will also add this to that intrigue. If they do, they will host the fighting Marcus Satterfields of Nebraska next week in Boulder with a shot to go 2-0. We That's saw that offense. First mismatch. Yeah. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't see what happened. I saw some people post something. About what, what, was, what was the score of that game? 13-10 uh, Minnesota. Kicked a oh, field they, at the end to win it. Oh wow! So that that's that's they they're getting the Satterfield effect. I got they it. they are. <laughs> the full uh, PD, effect. if you if you go look at the uh, the video of the one touchdown Nebraska scored last night, it's the most Marcus Satterfield touchdown of all time, where they took a reverse, they threw it back to the near side of the field as a lateral. The ball was fumbled. The Drop quarterback it. picks it up. <laughs> looks around and fires it into the end zone and lo and behold someone happened to be standing there he caught the ball <laughs> so uh that's the that's the only time they scored last night wow. yeah, touchdown right, that's well. the Satterfield well, offense he probably stole from Pete Limbo last year uh, by the way JC has already started drinking he is dead wrong TCU will blow them out all right yeah. Indiana and Ohio State <laughs> uh the Buckeyes are 30 point favorites on the road at, at Indiana who you got Patrick yeah, I mean, this is Ohio State. We Quick pick right. here, JC. Yeah. Phil, we're all going with Ohio State, correct? Buckeyes, yeah. Bloomington might be an interesting score, but it'll end up a lopsided at the end. CBS is going to be regretting that SEC contract because that's the game that they're airing tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bloomington, yeah. Nothing like Bloomington on a Saturday night. This one, hey, will man. Be- yeah. Mellencamp. Sorry. Anyway. Mellencamp. That's true. That's true. I like that. <laughs> This one will I, be was, I was driving through Indiana the other day and I saw John Cougar Mellencamp Boulevard or something like that. I, I actually got there the other day. I drove an hour on the road and we were driving and I basically like we hit Indiana and this feeling came over my entire body. I was like, I have to listen to John Mellencamp right now. And I, we listened to it the entire way through Indiana. Hey, it was like, yeah. Patrick, you're you're the you're the music history buff. Why? Why Cougar? 
Why do they call him? Cougar? They called him Johnny Cougar. That was that was what the name that was going to be his name in the seventies. Like for they were trying to like some like exec in New York City just said you're going to be Johnny Cougar, and he was like, "What are Johnny you talking Cougar. about?" And oh. and so when he came out and wanted to be Mellencamp, they had to go. Well, we'll let it we'll let it go, but it has to be John Cougar Mellencamp to keep the keep the name. And then finally, he got to be John Mellencamp, you know, as he got. But it was it wasn't anything he had to do with it. And his story's pretty crazy. I've heard it. He uh he walked into like an office in New York City, met some girl, gave him a tape, and like a week later had a record deal. Like it was like so it was like so the guy that was like an old mob boss just said, yeah, you know, Mellencamp, nah, man, it's gonna be Johnny Cougar. So Johnny, Johnny Cougar sounds Cougar. more like a porn name than it does a musician, right? Well, that's the funny thing about him. He was in he was in he was in porn before he oh. started doing the music. Yeah, he was. A, that's where small town came from. Oh, was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. R O C K in the USA. You know all that kind of stuff. That was one of the, that was the first name of his first but, porn. R O C K in the USA. I thought it was C O C K in the USA. I thought they just changed no, the name. No, no, no. We're not going to go there. Okay. Yeah. Patrick's on fire today, we, man. We are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> the lonely old night, you know, aren't they all? That's <laughs> Jack and Diane is also one of his. Jack and Diane is also one of. Now his that was porn. a porno. Jack and porno was a little ditty. The little ditty. That's good. We are going to Seattle, though. Boise State is at 10th-ranked Washington tomorrow. I heard this morning uh, Danny Cannell said that Washington is his pick to win the Pac-12. That okay. pick wouldn't be affected by this loss if they are upset, but will they be, Patrick? I like Washington. I like Seattle. That whole area is beautiful. So, let's just yeah, I don't know shit about them. So, there you go, Washington. <laughs> I'm going nope. with uh... – <laughs> I, you know, that works, too. I concur. I'm going with them. JC? Seattle was beautiful at one point. <laughs> and the University of Washington campus still is. It is. But I think uh, this is one of those games everybody's not talking about Boise State. I agree. I think Boise State goes in there and pulls a, uh, a slightly surprising upset that nobody – Pays attention to because the game kicks off so late. Ooh. See, I love it. As a musician, I love those. Yeah, I yeah. careful. Oh, the late night ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Close. Pack twelve after dark. Well, this one's pack twelve in the middle of the afternoon, three thirty on ABC. Uh, okay. Well, I was wrong then. Close, <laughs> close, close. Oh, shit. Washington wins. Watch These two teams don't like each other. This one will be at, speaking of poor names, Beaver Stadium tomorrow night as Penn State (laughs) welcomes West Virginia. Speaking of porn, Penn State. (laughs) That was was terrible. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's too easy. You're like, we got to take that out. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, somebody. We're kind of PG-13 here, man. So, uh. Who are they playing? It's, it's, it's State, State, West Virginia. I think this is Neil Brown's last year at West Virginia. Just says oh, West Virginia. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Have a lot of respect for him, but Patrick, do they go in there and pull an upset? Nah, nah. Penn State will win. Phil. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Penn. I'm with you. Yeah. Penn State. Penn State. By a million. Here yes. we go. War Memorial. Laramie, Wyoming, could be on up. Be the site of an upset tomorrow night, seven thirty on CBS. Why? The Red Raiders come to town of Texas Tech. I'm telling you, I told you boys this. The air up there is a lot different out west. Missouri went in there and got beat just a few years ago. Will it happen again, Patrick? Can Wyoming upset Texas Tech? I love Wyoming, man. One of my best best friends, one of my guys at my wedding was from Wyoming. So, yes, yes, Wyoming's winning. Cowboys. Phil? 
I like Wyoming at home here too. I'm going with it. JC, I want to pick Wyoming, but at Lubbock's at such a Lubbock's at a higher elevation too out in Texas, West Texas. I don't know that the elements will affect them as much as maybe in Missouri. So I'm gonna have to go with Texas Tech. But I, I wish I could take Wyoming. I wish I really do. My in-laws live in Laramie. I have a friend who's coached there. I've toured the facility. There's no way I'm not going to pick them. They win tomorrow night at 7.30 on CBS, by the way. You can watch this nice. on national Yeehaw. television. Coastal Carolina's at UCLA. There's your Pac-12 after dark game, PD, at ESPN, on ESPN in the Rose Bowl. Can Coastal go all the way out there and figure wow. it out? That's cool for Coastal Carolina to go out there and play. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I mean, I, I have a feeling they're going to get their ass kicked. But like, I mean, but still, that's that's cool. They got to go to go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's cool to say. Yeah. Like um, when they're old, they can be like, man, we got beat sixty-three to seven at the Rose Bowl. Right. And, you know, it's cool. Phil, I'm going with Coastal. Taking Coastal here for the upset. Wow. Grayson McCall with a big night. They got a new coach now, Jamie Chadwell's at Liberty. No, I understand. Yeah, no. I think, you know, Chip Kelly's last season in the Pac-12 is going to start off a little rough, and then uh, he'll put it together oh. and may end up winning the whole thing. I'm going with uh, JC. Who are you going with? I'm sorry. UCLA. Me too. I don't. I think UCLA is going to surprise people in the Pac-12. All right. Sunday night, fifth-ranked LSU, eighth-ranked Florida State. 7.30 on ABC in Orlando, PD. I did like that commercial y'all had uh, watched with the O talking about something. What were you talking about? Y'all have a commercial. Oh, uh, One of y'all sponsors. Hey, Nana's, Nana's Porsche. Hey, Coach O from Nana's Porsche. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. But I'm not uh, eating. Did you do it? Is that yeah, it? You did it? <laughs> okay. I do a very good Coach O voice because I believe in the state of Louisiana. And uh, Hey, hey. I'm holding a press conference in here. <laughs> but yeah, I've got the coach O kind of down. So yeah, what's up? Well, I think I think that um, I'm gonna have to go. One of my one of my buddies, uh, big songwriter friends, is a big uh, FSU guy. So I'm gonna take Florida State. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, oh. big quarterback battle here. Phil, where are you going? LSU, go Tigers, go Tigers, go Tigers. JC, I'm, I'm going. Full, uh, shoot, it's one of those if games. If if LSU can run it, I think they can win. Florida State shuts them down, makes Daniels one-dimensional. It's going to be hard. Mm. Uh, I, I hate saying Miami, Florida, Florida State are back because they always disappoint me. But I have a friend on Florida State's coaching staff, so I'm going to go with Florida State. Well, yeah. for, the, for the sake of the ACC, I hope Florida State is back. Who does Jaheim Bell and Gilbert Admin play for? Florida State. Okay, then LSU wins. Uh, I think that they'll be uh, beating tomorrow night. In, Bell's in a starter, Edmonds in the two deep. So. Yeah, I figured that. No, I, I oh, think LSU's okay. just a better football team. That line's come down, though. Just two-point favorites are the Tigers in Orlando. Mm. All right, Monday night, Duke hosting top 10 Clemson, ESPN. From You don't walk into Wallace Wade Stadium, Patrick, and walk out of there without a schlobber knocker of a fight, dude. Oh man, yeah, Duke, Duke football just really, really, really stacked this year. Um, I'm thinking, I you know what? Can I can I, I can cuss on here, right? I can't remember it. Can it's I not cuss? Just, it's scurry rules. Just don't don't say the f word. Don't say, oh, say well, the f word. Well, then I can't cuss. Then the word I was going to say, I can't say it. So uh, <laughs> let's say let's say uh, screw Clemson. I don't care who they're playing. Yeah, oh, go Duke. Fluck <laughs> <laughs> Fenson. That's it. Oh, Fluck, Fluck Clemson. There you go. <laughs> Fluck. I guess I'm going to have to pick 
Clemson. I, you yeah, know, you're going uh, Clemson, JC. You go. Oh, really? Well, I yeah. don't want that. I don't want that right. dude that sits in his mom's basement and and has our photos up on his wall and yeah. all that. That guy really exists. He play. literally. Yeah, he's exists. out there. Yeah. He is uh, that nuts. Yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> so I try to. I try to always call Clemson right down the line. You know. I mean, hey, I'm not, I'm not necessarily pulling for him. Yeah. I'm not gonna. If I was betting, I would just say Clemson's gonna <laughs> destroy him. But I'm just saying, go Duke. There yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Go Duke. I, I actually um, I think that Duke's going to win uh, seventy five to three. I think is the final score. <laughs> well, 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 yeah. Yeah. Man, you are you're like a Vegas odds maker. You're amazing. A long time. And finally, seven thirty on ABC, South Carolina and. All right, Patrick. The stage is yours, my man. A prediction and a final. Tomorrow. Oh man, I think it's. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be close. I think we're good. I think we win. Okay, we're going to win. We're going to win. And the score is going to be thirty-seven to thirty-three. How about that? Oh, thirty-seven, thirty-three. With South Carolina coming out on top. Late score coming from behind or hanging on. I think we might have to hang on. I think it's going to, you know, who knows? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't care as long as we win. But it's, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about, you know, there's just a lot of unknowns. It seems like right now with the Gamecock team, and and what I've seen and read is, you know, we we're, we're two or three years away from being those big boys on the front lines that are just going to make us, uh, you know, kind of able to compete every every week, no matter what. So I'm, uh, I'm a little, little worried about tomorrow night. Phil. Well, I said I was leaning 34 points. I stuck with it. I think we win. Yeah, Carolina wins 34-30. I think it ends with North Carolina trying to get to the end zone at the end, but coming up short. Phil, or what's your name? JC? Yeah, earlier in the week, you know, there's all these ifs. So I'm going to go on the if. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume, which we all know what assume means. Uh, I'm going to assume South Carolina has its act together and can stop and slow the run that they've prepared for this game defensively. Uh, if that's the case, North Carolina does not have enough weapons to go over down the field like everybody's talking about. Uh, I think the Gamecocks will. So I got them winning 35 to 20. 35 oh, points. Nice. Good I score. like that one. Yeah, that's a good prediction there. It makes yeah, me I, happier. I, I think that uh, – yeah, me too. I, I, look, I think that you know, we've talked this game to death for months, literally since the end of last season. Uh, we know what we're going to see tomorrow night from the Tar Heels or at least what we're going to begin to see. I don't know how it will all unfold, but Drake May will be the quarterback for him, and we know that they're going to run everything through him as best they can under Chip Lindsey. I think, short, I think that North Carolina will win uh, the rushing game on the ground. I think that they'll probably outrush Carolina by 10 yards or so, but South Carolina will win – 
on the scoreboard. I'm a big believer in Spencer Rattler. Big believer. And I think he has a big night tomorrow night. They hang 40 on the Tar Heels, and they win by at least two touchdowns. Ooh, I like it. How about that? And then That's we all cool. rejoice to big old cock as we walk out of Bank of America Stadium. Yes, just like George John Mellencamp before. back in the day. That's, was, right. <laughs> That's what that song was written about. Right. <laughs> old Johnny Cougar. <laughs> the Cougar. Johnny <laughs> Cougar. Oh, yeah. Patrick Davis, he'll be back with us soon. Uh, we've got shows coming up in the state of yeah. South Carolina. If you've never seen him play, you're a horrible human being, and you need to get there the next time that he's going to be in your neck That's of the true. woods. It's an unbelievable show, and uh, he's an unbelievable dude. The pride of Camden, South Carolina. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Happy to have Pull him through, man. Thank you. Okay. Bye, you guys. You Patrick Thank Davis y'all. from Nashville. Thanks, Patrick. Tennessee. We're off. JC's there. Phil and I are on the way. Thanks to PD and all of you for joining us. Look forward to seeing them play tomorrow night, and we'll be back next week. Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk about game times. Uh, hopefully being one of Y'all will be back on Tuesday. We'll be back Tuesday. That's right. I'll be on a flight Tuesday. So. Inside the Gamecocks. Wait, I'll be back. Oh, See you next week. <laughs>